Welcome to the Tim Price Go Harvest podcast. I apologize, my voice is a little low this time around, but I wanted to share with you this idea of living with a focus on the third and fourth generations. Welcome to the Tim Price Go Harvest podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage ministry leaders. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at timpriceblog.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share with others. Heading now to today's episode. I hadn't thought about this until I read a book by Mark Batterson called Win the Day. But have you ever thought about all the benefits in your life that came from others before you? If you consider the city you live in, the country you're a part of, possibly the church you attend or the business that you're in, you can consider the sacrifices of those who have fought for freedom, worked hard to provide for you as you grew up, and prayed for you. And what this does is it calls us to, instead of living our lives selfishly, we need to return the favor to those people coming after us, those who will be living in a hundred years. What will you do today that will make a difference for them? In the book I mentioned, Win the Day, there was a chapter called Winding the Clock, and Mark Batterson shared how so much of what we experience came from those who worked hard and prayed hard a few generations ago. And you could probably think of numerous examples in your life. In my life, it wasn't too many generations ago that our family migrated from Europe, my grandpa fought in World War II, and our world was better off because of his sacrifice along with everybody in his generation. Another little side example is that my mom and dad bought me several guitars as a child and had music playing around the house. As a result, I play music every week of my life. And so it's basically what I do as a calling and as a profession. Well, here's a quote from that book. We are beneficiaries of sacrifices we cannot imagine and risks we cannot calculate. We live in cities we did not build, drink from wells we did not dig, and harvest fields we did not plant. Why? Because people long ago wound the clock forward with their faith, hope, and love. We are the answers to prayers we know nothing about. Why not return the favor? Quit wasting time and wind the clock for the third and fourth generation. Go, set, ready. So much of our life is based on the decisions our family made many years ago, as I've already mentioned, and the decisions you make today are going to affect the life of others in the future. The same goes for the church you're a part of or the business you're in. Decisions today matter for the future. How well you, how will you help set up the next generation for success? For our church, I often think about the fact that it's been 25 years now, but somewhere along the way, before I was old enough to be a part of the leadership, they decided they were going to add on to the building. So what was a smaller sanctuary and a, a education wing all of a sudden became a, a huge complex of a family life center that housed basketball and games and student ministry activities and all kinds of other stuff. And then a few years after that, it began to house worship services. And because of that, the church has been able to grow. And often I'll stand there on the stage in that pretty monstrous complex and I'll think, Man, what if they hadn't built this back in the mid-90s? Where would the church be today? 
So decisions back then matter for the future. I know this is a worn out little quote these days, but they say the best time to plant a tree is 25 years ago, and the second best time is right now. So here are eight basic starting points to get you thinking about what decisions and things you're doing now that are going to affect the third and fourth generation. How are you going to wind the clock forward? Now, I know that there's a few thoughts here. One is that depending on your age when you're listening to this, sometimes it's hard to think about the implications of your life and how decisions you make today are going to matter 100 years from now. And often that's even a kind of a, a little gauge to, to lessen the stress. There are so many things that we stress out over in life that aren't going to matter in 100 years. But then there are these things that little things stack up to make a difference. And I know as, as a young person, that's hard to imagine at times, but as you approach middle age and beyond, you start thinking about the ramifications of the decisions you've made, the choices you've made, and how that has and is affecting the next generation of people. I think some of this applies to direct generations, kids and children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. But you don't have to have kids to have the kind of impact mindset that comes with making decisions that will affect future generations. Many people have started nonprofits and organizations and companies and have worked hard in mission fields and all kinds of other places who didn't have children of their own but made a difference and left a legacy for future generations. So I want you to think about this in, in both realms. So here are some thoughts that I want to share with you. Eight basic starting points. Number one, the time you spend. When you invest time in the lives of children, family, and friends, and others, you're making an impact how they will live into the future. They have an opportunity to hear from you and learn from you and experience your attitude and your wisdom and what you offer in life. And because you have an automatic connection as a family member or a friend, then the time you invest with them is of huge importance. Number two, money you give and save. Your generosity and sacrificial giving is going to make a huge difference in your church, in missions, and in organizations to help serve underprivileged and to make a big difference in winding the clock forward. And saving money is, is another thing. You never know the legacy you can leave for those coming after you. And of course, legacy isn't all, always about inheritance or financial blessings. Often, that's a piece to it, but you can, you can have a faithful living legacy that also adds to the picture. But money you give and save is important. And the younger you are, the more important it is for you to catch a hold of the disciplines of tithing to your church, saving money for the future, and giving all that you can away. Number three is ministries you serve. The time invested in ministry, paid or volunteer or in any fashion, will boost the faith of others for generations. And you never know the kind of impact you're going to have. But nearly every testimony mentions the name of someone in some ministry setting. So every time somebody is a 40 or 50 year old person sharing their testimony about when they followed Christ for the first time as a high school student or a young 20 something, they always almost mention a person. And so the way that you serve in ministry is going to have a direct impact on the lives of others. If you're a volunteer serving in children's ministry, then you're going to make a big impact on the lives of those kids. 
It's a faith-forming time. I recently heard somebody say that reading the Bible is and learning the Bible is similar to learning another language. And it's always best to do that when you're younger. So we want to get kids involved, and that's going to require more and more people. And it might be you. The ministries that you're serving is going to change generations to come because your invitation to kids to follow Jesus. When I was a sixth grader, I've mentioned this before, I'm sure somewhere, but as a, um, as a kid, a sixth grader, I was invited to share music in our kids' club. And the kids' club at our church, I had been a part of since uh, grade school, fourth, fifth grade. And there was a lady there who was leading the kids' club. And this is back in the 80s. And so Mrs. Barry, who is long past, but she used slide projectors. And this was like modern teaching at the time. And slides would pop up. And then she would passionately and excitedly share what that slide photo was of. Whether it was an Old Testament story or a New Testament story, she seemed to know everything about all of it. And the things that I learned in that ambassador's class was powerful stuff in my life. It was faith-forming. And it was Bible-learning knowledge that stuck with me. The ministries you serve are important. Number four, the writing you do. Whether it's a full book or a journal or simply letters to people, your writing can make a difference in the lives of people now and coming after you. Make notes in your Bible, write letters to your family, or go ahead and write down that book that you've been thinking about. Because that is going to have an impact for people to see your thoughts and to be able to read them is going to have a huge impact for future generations. I've known of grandparents and parents who have made notes in Bibles for each of their kids or grandkids and given them the Bible. And I always thought that was a, a really awesome thing. And I also know that there are times whenever we have letters that have kind of become obsolete in a lot of ways because text messages and emails, but those things are just going to kind of flitter away. If you could take time to write letters to people, then those things have a potential of sticking around a little bit longer. I thought about the letter thing a few years back and realized that uh, because I work just one mile from our home and, and we're always home together, I realized that my daughters never get letters in the mailbox. And so I put a little calendar reminder in my computer at my desk at church. And every three or five weeks, it pops up and says, send a letter. And so often it'll just be a quick little note. Sometimes it'll be a little bit longer. But I want them to actually have a physical copy of something coming into the mailbox to encourage them. So the writing you do is important. I don't know who said it, if it was Mark Twain or one of those type of guys, but or maybe Ben Franklin, but it basically was a quote I read a long time ago that said, you either need to do something worth writing about or write something worth reading about. And I thought that makes, that makes some sense. If you're going to not write things down, then you need to do things that are going to cause people to want to write things down. Live your life in such a way that you're making a difference now and for future generations. Number five, the prayers that you pray. God always hears our prayers. And Christians are called to pray for others. And as we do, things happen. If we truly want to have a generational impact, then we're going to need to pray hard for the lives of those following us. Pray for the next generation. Have that on your daily list and make sure that you're inviting God's presence into your life and as a vessel of his word and grace into their lives. 
and that it would continue to go down. Number six is the disciplines you have. And we have a total of eight of these, so we're almost done. But number six, the disciplines that could affect the generations coming after you. And here are a few of them. Reading your Bible, taking time to pray, healthy eating, exercising, giving, taking time for people, saving money, praying before meals, listening to others, attending worship, and, and so many more things. The attitudes that we pass down are amazing how, how much they stick in generation after generation. If you have a negative attitude about life, that's probably going to stick with your kids and their kids. If you have a, a positive attitude about life, then that's going to stick. Kids learn by watching and experiencing, and that is why the disciplines are important. And number seven, kind of the reverse of that, the habits that you break. And this list is definitely numerous, but some might just be the basic habits of like drinking or smoking or, or stealing or cheating. And though addictions are very difficult to break, it can make all the difference when you're winding the clock for future generations or trying to stop the clock altogether. So what habits do you have that you need to get rid of? Sometimes we just think, oh, it's only hurting us or it's not hurting anybody or it's just a bad habit. But if you add this element of third and fourth generation down the line, you don't want to have the impact of your bad habit affecting the success of those coming after you. That might be enough motivation to help you break it. And the last one is the decisions you make. We need to trust God with major decisions like where to move, which job to take, or who to marry, or any other of those big things in life that are turning points for how things are going to happen. The city that I actually live in now is where my family moved when I was in high school. And I didn't really have a choice about where I would live then because I was still under their roof. But their choice made a difference in my life. I have called this my home and home base ever since that moment. And there might have been times that I moved for school or had opportunities to consider other places. But for whatever reason, I landed here. I like the phrase that uh, one of the old guys said somewhere along the way that was basically, give me a place to stand and from there I'll move the earth. Of course, we can make a difference wherever we are, but those decisions that we're making now are going to make an impact on how our future generations are going to exist and succeed in this world. I probably don't have to belabor that point as much, but there are times whenever we might think we need to move for this or that opportunity, and if it's teetering on a 50-50 kind of decision about finances or opportunities or job growth or anything like that, one of the factors might be, where do you want your future generations to call home? Where do you want them to end up? Because there's a good chance that depending on the age of your kids, wherever it is that you go at a certain time is going to make a big difference in where they land. Well, each of those are part of this idea of winding the clock, living with a focus, not only on your life now, but with the third and fourth generation. I would love to hear any thoughts you have about that and want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in your calling and uh, following God's voice and, and taking risks that are needed to live a life that's going to make a difference now and then. And I praise the Lord. 
Thanks for listening today. We hope this has been encouraging and helpful to you. Stay in touch with us at timpriceblog.com. Until next time, keep following in the footsteps of Jesus and lifting up the name of the Lord. Thanks for your work and ministry.